this week on the Road to Cinema podcast, actor and writer Larry Dorff from the new TV Land original series Nobodies, which airs every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. on TV Land and always available on demand on the TV Land app. Based on the real-life experiences of creators Larry Dorff, Rachel Ramos, and Hugh Davidson, the half-hour comedy takes us through the experiences of three struggling television writers working on a children's animated show, trying to get their feature film script off the ground by attaching their friend, Melissa McCarthy. We'll learn from Larry how the concept for Nobodies was based on their real-life experiences and their true friendship with Melissa McCarthy and many of their former classmates from the Groundlings Theater Company who also appear on the show. This includes Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Jim Rash, and of course Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone, as well as many other hilarious guest star appearances from Kristen Bell, Jason Bateman, Bob Odenkirk, and Allison Janey. For more information on the Road to Cinema podcast, please visit jogroadproductions.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Jog Road Productions, to watch our Road to Cinema video series featuring Don Cheadle, Ewan McGregor, Greta Gerwig, and Saul Rubinek. Follow us on Twitter at Jog Road, Instagram at Jog Road Productions, and like our Facebook page, Jog Road Productions. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the Road to Cinema podcast on iTunes, and you can write us a nice review on the iTunes podcast page under the Road to Cinema podcast. And now we join actor, writer, and co-creator of the new TV Land original series, Nobodies, which you can watch every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. on TV Land or anytime on demand on the TV Land app. How did you and Rachel and Hugh meet, as well as with Melissa and Ben? I mean, because you know everything in the show is really based on real life. From what yeah. I understand. Yeah, so we all have known each other for probably about 18, 19 years from Groundlings. Um, so we all were going through the Groundlings system together and taking classes. And um, we were all in the main company together. And um, we were never, I guess I wrote some sketches with Ben, but I didn't, I mean, I wrote with all of them, but I had the most success probably writing with Ben. Um, and Hugh and Rachel and I weren't even a real writing team until, what year was that? Maybe 2009. Uh, they were doing a reboot of the Looney Tunes show at Warner Brothers Animation. Uh-huh. And um, Hugh uh, was hired as like the head writer of it because he knew one of the executives over there because he was working on a show at Adult Swim that I don't even think ever really ran or anything. But um, so Hugh put together, uh, he picked me and Rachel because he thought we were both funny and, and uh, you know, uh, he kind of put the group together. And we were, our plan was, because none of us had really written any We've written sketches, you know, from Groundlings, but yeah. none of us had written... Sketches that you would perform in? Yes, like... yeah. Groundlings, you're writing sketches and you perform in those sketches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you're performing in other people's sketches also. So we, we all had tons of sketches. Um, so our idea was, okay, for this reboot of the Looney Tunes show, we're going to um, make it like, sort of like the Muppets, where it's just the Looney Tunes characters doing sketches. 
And uh, so we'll just, we thought it was an easy job. <laughs> we'll, just, <laughs> we'll just use our old sketches. And, um, and just plug in Bugs Bunny. <laughs> sure. Let's just make it easy. <laughs> and then they told us, well, you can't do that. Uh, the Looney Tunes characters are too precious to, to just be in a sketch show. It's got to be a real show. You got to reboot the Looney Tunes franchise. And we weren't really particular fans of the Looney Tunes. And, and we didn't really know what to do. But we said, well, let's make this an opportunity. Uh, let's make it like a half hour sitcom. Yeah. Um, where Bugs and Daffy are, are uh, living together in a house in suburbia. And we'll just make, we'll just write what we think is funny. And we learned how to write. Uh, half-hour comedy show. We just wrote what we thought was funny. Um, and it was great because there wasn't really any table reads and no one really cared about it. Um, so on one hand, it was like kind of the launching pad for nobodies because we were writing on this kid show that nobody cared about and nobody watched while our friends were, you know, like Melissa was, <laughs> you know, getting <laughs> nominated for an Oscar and... You know, our other Kristen Wiig and Andy Mumolo for uh, Bridesmaids and Jim Rash and Nat Fax and all these. We all come from the groundlings together. Yeah. And they were going on to bigger and better things. And we were kind of stuck writing on this kid's show. Um, and we thought, well, that's probably a good idea for a show. Um, but the good part of writing for that show was we learned it brought Hugh and Rachel and I together as a writing unit. And Ben actually wrote on that show for a little while. Um, before he went oh, on the Looney Tunes, he show? wrote on the Looney oh, Tunes okay. with us was, for a little while. <laughs> yeah, so he was like a fourth writer, and Steve Little had had written with us for a while, who uh -huh. plays um, our editor Craig in yeah. Nobodies. Um, so Ben, we pitched the idea of the show for, to Nobodies to Ben. Um, he got it because he had written. He was in both worlds. He yeah. he knew who the the kids' world and and just <laughs> which which is transferable to. Uh, not just Hollywood, you know, yeah. being in a low, uh, you know, rung on the Hollywood ladder. But it's just a, it's a relatable idea of um, feeling like you're just spinning your wheels and your peers have sort of left you behind. And you just kind of compare yourself. Is that yourself. something you observed with other people too who sort of maybe felt that same way? Maybe they had friends or other people who were kind of rising faster yeah, than Yeah, I think that's a something I noticed that everyone does. You know, no matter, uh, you know, my, um, you know, my, I remember my sister, I felt like, did it. And she is not in Hollywood at all. But yeah. it's just like... She moved to this community and it's like, you know, and you're comparing yourself to the other parents and they're all, you know, sending their kids to these camps and it's like, well, what we should, why can't we, you know, and it, it, you just compare yourself and even the friends that I know that in my eyes, it's like, oh my God, they have everything. They've made it. Yeah. They're comparing themselves to other people. <laughs> and if, if, if Hugh, Larry and Rachel from 2009 looked at Hugh, Larry and Rachel at, in 2017, they'd be like, oh my God, you guys have, have it, you, you have billboards, you're, you have a TV show, but we're freaking out all the time that <laughs> well, this thing's going to get canceled and they're going to figure out we don't know what we're doing. And yeah. you're just always... There's no such thing as a finish line in a way. There really it's isn't. Really... And that's a, a theme that we like to... Uh, is very big in season one of Nobody's that it's just like, as long as you compare yourself to other people, because we're in the show, we're writing on a kid's cartoon. 
so many people would love to have those jobs. There's nothing wrong with those jobs. Yeah. Until you compare yourself to someone else and say, oh, I, don't want, I want what they have. <laughs> but if you could just stop and say, um, this is great, then you're, you're good. Yeah. That's, that's the key. Uh, but going back uh, yeah. to being in the Groundlings yes. and starting that whole collaboration process with you <clears throat> and Rachel and Ben and Melissa and all the other people that you yeah. had there. I, did you feel like you were a performer? Did you feel like you were a writer? Did you feel like you were both in a sense or really I, kind of discovering? I always thought of myself as a performer, as an actor and never a writer. I never wanted to be a writer. I, there was nothing. So you uh, weren't like writing screenplays in the side? No, I had nothing. I had nothing. And um, it wasn't until we got the Looney Tunes jobs and we started writing because I made my living for a long time doing commercials. Uh. Um, and then it's like, all right, well, you get some commercials and you're okay for a while, but you know, at a certain point, that's going to sort of dry up, even even temporarily. And it's yeah. like, well, then you're depressed and you have nothing. You know, I have no auditions today, and what am I going to do? Um, and what writing did for me was it allowed me to have something to work on. It like gave me control in this crazy industry where you don't yeah. have any control. At least I could write something. And, you know, you know, so I've written uh, by myself, which I hate to do. Um, but, you know, obviously with Hugh and Rachel, uh, Ben and I have written a few pilots together. Um, I've, Steve Little and I wrote a pilot together. And um, so, yeah, then now I think of myself as both yeah. a writer and a performer. Yeah. And uh, sort of going back to kind of, Coming up with this idea, I remember yeah. reading something too. You guys were watching the Oscars, and this right. was kind of floating around in your in your heads. Yeah. But how did you kind? Of, how do you guys kind of collaborate on a day to day basis in terms of writing and putting ideas together? Is there ever conflict in that? There process? is. Yeah, there is conflict. Um, you know, interestingly about how the show was born. It in in nobody's. We do talk about. Uh, we're trying to get our script. Uh, Melissa to be uh, yeah. attached Mr. to or, First Lady. Mr. First Lady. Yeah. Now that was a real idea. Ah. Um, we did have that idea and we pitched it to Ben to try to have him pitch it to Melissa because <laughs> we thought, oh, well, let him do it. He'll talk to Melissa and try to get her to do it. Um, and she didn't, was not interested in it. Um, and she was booked up for like two years or something. <laughs> um, so that was a real idea. And so yeah. much of the show comes from a real, real stuff. Um, now we're kind of thinking about what season two is going to be, and there, there's so much fodder for stuff that's happened in our lives, and it's like too much material. But so we did have Mr. First Lady, and we pitched it, and Melissa didn't want to be a part of it. And then we're like, well, we don't need them anyway. You know, we'll just go pitch it ourselves, me, you, and Rachel. And and we did. And um, you know, there is that part where they're like, oh, this is an interesting idea. And then there's that part of the meeting, like we had in the pilot which is like oh what are you guys working on right now and then we'd say oh we're working on a, an animated kid show and then they're like it's like the meeting's over like they're not interested like they just pigeonhole you as like oh yeah. you write for kids you'd be surprised because they think well you know you're you have a job as a writer so i know but it, it's qualified. I, exactly but, but it's just like they just i guess they have to sell it to their bosses also yeah. and it's like who are these people that have never written anything that i've <laughs> ever heard of oh they write for a kid's cartoon oh well you know <laughs> Um, but then Rachel and I would desperately name drop our famous friends like, you know, you know, we came up in Groundlings with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig and, and uh, Jim Rash and Cheryl Hines and we're all the same. If you like them, then you're going to like us. We're, we're all the same. 
Um, so that, that's all real. Um, that did happen. Um, but so Hugh and Rachel and I, we, we, we each sort of have, we don't have overlapping strengths, I don't think, which is good. We complement each other very well. And there, are, there is conflict when we write, but it's, I feel like when, if someone, if one of us is bumped by something, the other two, we trust each other enough that the other two will stop and say, okay, there's something wrong in this section or yeah. let's, let's figure it out. Um, and we work so fast together. Like in the writer's room for nobodies, it's, it's the three of us. And then Mike McDonald, who's our showrunner, we break stories with him and he's, it's great. And it all, so we don't have a typical writer's room. That was like a long table. No, we do have a long table, but there's a lot of empty <laughs> seats at it. Um, so it's just the three of us and everyone's shocked by how fast we're able to move. Cause there's not, it's not like you're counting your bits to get in and like, there's not a hierarchy and there's not, um, it's just like, you know, it's if like I say something, unit, we're really, one unit. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, if I say something and it makes no sense or it's a dumb idea, I don't really have an ego invested in it. Like, I don't care if it's a good idea or a bad idea. I'm not out to impress anyone because we trust each other so much because I know that if I say something, it could lead to something else. Whereas if you're, you know, I've heard stories about these big writing rooms where it's like people are afraid to talk and it's like, uh, you know, I, I don't think I would thrive in that environment. Yeah, there's more of like a hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do I'm much you, better with people that I know and I'm comfortable with. If it's extra people that I'm like not feeling fully comfortable with, I feel like I shut down. <laughs> <laughs> having, uh, having that improv background working mm -hmm. at the Groundlings, do you feel like all three of you are performing scenes and maybe test them out? Or is that part of the writing process? Yeah, at all? I mean, one thing that we learned um, at Groundlings from improv is making... Uh, anything into a big idea, a, a small thing, you could make that, you could just kind of, we call it yes anding and improv, and you can just yes and it, build on it, and make it a big deal. Um, and we do that a lot in our writing. And that's very helpful. Instead of being so plot-driven all the time, we do allow moments to, um, and some of them made it in, yeah. to the final cut of Nobody's, and some of them didn't just because it's 22 minutes. But um, we do, we love like little nuances of human behavior and like um, just little making small things big. Um, and that was a big thing from improv that we learned. And then also when we're writing it, uh, yeah, we probably are sort of acting out our parts you know we're kind of acting out the lines a little bit while we write them and it's very easy to memorize our lines because we yeah. <laughs> we wrote the thing um and then the table reads are great because we kind of uh we'll rehearse the scripts a couple of times before the table reads and those are sort of there's not a ton of time once we're in production to do big rehearsals like acting wise there's blocking rehearsals but not we move so fast that it's sort of like those 
like rehearsals before the table read serve yeah. as sort of our acting rehearsals for shooting, even though so it's like that months regard, before. So in that regard, are you not improvising as much on set since you're moving so quickly? Or is we that do. We, we always shoot the script, and then we do allow for some improv. And, um, you know, for good or bad, I don't know. There's some great, really funny things that happened during improv, but because yeah. of the 22-minute format, a lot of that stuff takes you off story, and it's some of it made it in the cut. Um, a lot of it, I'd like it to live somewhere, like yeah, online or week, something. You guys had like extended scenes. Yeah, like, I love how they're doing on that. that. Phone call, Melissa, yeah. or the agent's office mm -hmm. uh, conversation. Mm -hmm. Or I mean, the uh, development guy, Melissa's company's. Yeah, and even Mike McDonald, who plays Blaine. Uh, Blaine Kane, my voice always cracks. <laughs> I mean, they always hoped it would happen on camera because they would have like talked about it and like uh, <laughs> let's use it. Um, but I'm going through puberty as a 43 year old man. They could always man. EDR it in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Blaine Kane is our, our therapist, uh, played by Mike McDonald. He had so much, and they they put it in there in like one of the commercial breaks. They had a big kind of rant that he went on and. Um, showed us all breaking as a result. Um, but I do like that they're doing that stuff, yeah. just to show that, yeah. Well, I think it's interesting um, in terms of like the whole idea of nobody's, how kind of concepts like this come out, because you know I don't know if you guys ever really thought about that you'd be using yourselves in something that you would be creating or using your real life experiences. Did that just sort of come organically or did you ever imagine that you would be? No, we of... never did. I mean, it seemed like, um, you know, this, one of the reasons I think Ben and Melissa were attracted to this show um, was that it was clearly our story to tell. Like, we lived it, and they saw us living it. And, um, you know, people come up to me, and they're like, oh, you know, can you help me with a script, or I'm, I'm going to take a pitch out. And I always ask them, like, what, um, why is this your story to tell? Like, if I was going to come up with a, you know, if I had a development deal and I was just grasping <laughs> at ideas and I was like, I'm going to do a cop show. It's like, well, why would you buy a cop show from Larry Dorff? Like, what does he know? He doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. And it's like, it wouldn't, it's not, it's not my story to tell. So, um, so th this, we wanted there to be a reality to it. And as soon as we were talking about real things, like trying to get Melissa and then it's like, okay, well, is it Melissa McCarthy or is it a fictional, a fictional person? It's like, well, we're using the groundlings, and it's like, it seems like we got to just use the reality around us. And if we're talking about the groundlings and we're talking about someone named Melissa McCarthy, uh, you know, it's like, well, then maybe we should be ourselves and we should be our real names. And that part we maybe didn't think out as well as we should have because you know using our real names oh in what sense uh yeah like because it's like all right well my name's larry dorf and then in the show i'm larry dorf but in the show i have a wife who's not my real life wife and i have kids who are not my real kids like that's an alternate reality yeah larry, so it's like yeah. where does that line you know and then people be, be like to my wife like Ooh, what do you think of larry's you know <laughs> is that based on you and it's like no it's not that's different <laughs> so it's like where does that line it reminds me a little yeah. bit of the uh, the Larry Sanders show where you uh -huh. have well-known names come on there and they would have sort of their alternate persona that right. was different from them, but yet it was still them in a way. Yeah. So. It was funny. We had uh, we had to take fake photos of my fake TV family. And uh, um, 
so for my like kids, the props and all that yeah, stuff. for yeah. like pictures to have around the house with me and my wife and my you know <laughs> fake children. Um, and then my real life kids saw that, and they're young. They're you know they're five and seven, and my five year old was like. Well, I guess daddy's not our dad anymore because he's got a new family because it <laughs> looks real. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh man, maybe I, sh- what am I doing? <laughs> I should have thought all this out ahead of time. But uh, I guess it works, you know, like Larry David, you know, like his show and, and Louis' show. It's like, yeah, well, I don't they, think Larry David, that's not like, that's his not his wife. Yeah. yeah. That's not what his, uh, yeah. His and Louis, is. It's, not, it's like yeah. his, his name, but it's not his real. You know, ex-wife and his real kids. Yeah, I don't think he hangs out with his manager all day. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I was curious too in, in that regard. I mean, when you pitched this to Melissa and Ben, I mean, yeah. were they like really cool about yeah, let's play with like our personas and like create these alternate characters? Yeah, like we wrote first. We wrote Melissa much more um, close to how she really is. And she was like, she wanted to play like a monster version of herself, and we're like, great, you know, like she just. <laughs> Um, and I think people find that fun, like to, um, like tonight, uh, you know, Kristen Wiig is in tonight's episode and, um, you know, she just, it's, it's better to have something to play. Like, so she thought it'd be fun to hate me. <laughs> so we, just, we wrote her as that, as like someone who just hates me. Um, but, uh, you know, like, um, Ben also plays like, a you know, just this great version, you know, the, uh, just a real heightened version of himself. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Ben on the show is hilarious. Yeah. He's really kind of. Yeah. And as the show goes in later episodes, uh, we kind of see a glimpse behind the curtain a little bit and it's great. It's really great of how he's like, uh, he's uh, <clears throat> We call him the bird in the gilded cage. Oh, he's like trapped in this like perfect, you know, he's got everything he wants, but he's so trapped. Um, and he just loved playing with that. Yeah. You know, like he's like, you know, he had to leave to go on a private plane to go see Melissa host Saturday Night Live in New York. And he's just like, I don't want to go. I just want to, he wants his old life in a shitty apartment, yeah. you know. <laughs> I guess uh, even like outside of like sort of the, the people you know and kind of the mm-hmm. the sort of, celebrity uh you know ideas around what people are like how much of sort of what the business is like kind of influenced how you wrote nobodies in terms of going into these meetings or meeting with agents or development executives and all the craziness around that yeah it's it's interesting because people have been saying like what's your what are you trying to say about hollywood and the truth is we are not savvy enough to really know enough about hollywood to have a take on it I mean, we, um, you know, we, we were in like this kid's business, which is, which is like, it, it seems like it's not really in the entertainment business. Almost like it's separate. It from, seems like a separate yeah. world. Like a, it's like a different universe. Um, like Warner Brothers Animation is, is totally separate. It's got Warner Brothers in the name, but it's, yeah. it's such, they, the, the people in real Warner, <laughs> Warner Brothers <laughs> just like... Look way down at the people in Warner Animation when there's like, because Warner Animation they it's like we were gonna do this Looney Tunes movie and we started outlining it and then the the Warner Features people are like oh no 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 we're gonna do that yeah. with our people it's funny we're not. now I think they're doing uh, Space Jam 
right? Yes, with but I new Space Jam movie. But that's with Warner's oh, that, features. It's, with it's the like the movie people. Uh, it's like the big boys, not <laughs> you know. Um, but so our experience, you know, we have a few pitch meetings, and that's kind of what our real experience was of not being taken seriously. Um, and then with agents, it's not really na- knowing how to navigate. Like we're not slick. It's not. We're not trying to be entourage. It's like we're the opposite of entourage. Yeah. Like that's Hollywood Hills. We're Burbank Airport adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, you know. Um, yeah, we don't fit into that same world as real Hollywood. And how have you seen sort of, I mean, when you came up with the, the pilot and the concept, did you see kind of the whole arc of it or has it really been developing for you guys as you've been going along? One thing that's crazy is that, and I've been involved with a few pilots and except for one of the pilots that I wrote with Steve Little, um, all of the other ones were, I kind of knew what the pilot was, but I didn't really know what the, the season was, let alone what the series was going to be. And it's so weird how a lot of times they don't ask you that question. Really? <laughs> I mean, they sort of do. <laughs> and you give them a loose thing of like, you know, it's really a, a you know, it's a story about the characters. Uh, you know, that's, that's the, you know, want to get invested in these so characters. For the most part, and it's like it's a bullshit answer that yeah. it could apply to anything. So for the most part, they're sort of just looking for kind of like a hook. I guess. Yeah. Be. It's like, you know, until you, like we went into the writer's room to start writing the series, and this is months after we had done the pilot, yeah. and you know we had a r- rough idea of a little bit maybe where we wanted to end the season-ish, but really kind of no idea what was going to happen. But it was it was yeah. a great experience, really, just sitting down and, and mapping it out was was very. Uh, I really liked that. Did you have an idea at that point what guest stars you would come across? Or? No, it was sort of the guest stars, uh, like our groundling friends that you know we could get, and then the ones that we didn't know. It was sort of Ben and Melissa, <laughs> work your magic, see see who you can get. Um, and a lot of it was just based on people's schedules because I was surprised a lot of people wanted to do it. Yeah. No, I mean it's sorry. You have Kristen Bell. Yeah. Up, I think, and, yeah. Tonight, Kristen Wig. Tonight's Kristen Wig, which we were able to get. You know, um, the only other person that we were able to get that is not in the Groundlings world uh, was Bob Odenkirk, who's also on oh, Tonight's yeah, Show. Yeah, I love Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, yeah. So um, we were, you know, he was totally game for doing it, but I knew him from before also. So, um, but yeah, people seemed into it, and people seemed like they had fun, and people supposedly say they want to come back. Yeah, <laughs> so, and you got season two. We'll see. Up, so yeah, <laughs> we'll be calling in those favors. Do you have ideas for the next season? We do. Yeah. yeah, we we just pitched out um, what season two will be um, to TV Land, and TV Land is great. Like whenever I hear people, whenever they're like, you know, saying how great, uh, oh, the network's great, or this, you know, I'm always like, all right. <laughs> But this is true. Like they're, they are. Uh, no one else, first of all, would have allowed us to star <laughs> in the show. Like if we would have gone somewhere else, they would have put yeah. in better-looking versions of ourselves. Um, and as a result, I think you would have had a worse show because you wouldn't have had the chemistry. Like we, we've all known so each they, other for they so always long. From the beginning, you guys would be playing yourselves. Yeah, like never... we had to do a. Uh, we had to jump through one hoop. I think we had to do a table read. Just so they could see us 
do it's it. It's not too bad. So yeah. Do a screen test. Right yeah. Now. No. It was like <laughs> let's do a table read, and you know, of course, we thought we blew it, and we're going to get fired, but we, you know, they're like, oh, great. Yeah. Um, but they um, were sort of looking for like that writer, performer, creator thing, where you're creating the show and you're acting in it, um, which I think is a great idea. Um, you know, it just lends itself to, I feel like the characters are more specific because you're writing for, you know exactly who you're writing for as opposed to writing something and then someone else gets cast and then you have to kind of try to rewrite it for that person or they have to kind of play toward what you wrote. Yeah, you're kind of developing it more around their persona. And yeah, way. but TV, but I mean, they're great also because they have, um, it's like they don't, they don't give notes just to give notes and they when they give notes they're i think a hundred percent of the time they've been smart really good notes and they're also like this is our thought but this is also your show so you know you know do what do what you're gonna do which is like kind of a dream it's kind of amazing yeah no i'm standing yeah. network tv you always hear it sort of i mean it's a book of notes uh, every week and yes it's it's <laughs> it's insane it's insane and then it's like you try to trying to take those notes and and implement those notes. It's just a it's a hornet's nest. It's it's crazy. Well, this is kind of like an overarching uh, question for kind of your whole career. But yeah. did you ever sort of at the very very beginning, if you look back, did you ever see like what your path would be, or has it just been kind of a zigzag? <clears throat> it's been a zigzag, directions? but I remember thinking, uh, if I could have, someone said, if you can have anybody's career, who would it be? And I said, Bob Balaban. You know who Bob Balaban is? Oh, I do, yeah. yeah. I saw him at this film festival. Oh, okay. Nice guy. Because <laughs> I think he's great, and he kind of does a little bit of everything. Yeah. He writes, he acts, and, and it's like he produces, and, he, and, he, and he's, uh, he's just kind of, he's had a, he has longevity with his career also. And uh, to me, I think that's the key. I don't, I don't, um, I don't know that I really have a desire to direct at the moment, but um, yeah. you know, creating shows, writing shows, acting in shows, and now it's like taking a step back and like, oh my God, I am kind of doing that. So that is, I should just be happy. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, uh, so this is sort of what I think I've always wanted to do, um, which is weird because I actually I never used to want to write, but. I guess when I thought of what writing meant, it meant sitting on one of, you know, being in one of these big writing rooms and writing for other people. But yeah, like on a big sitcom with like a yeah, and I've gone through that machine, and it just it doesn't work for me. Maybe it works for some, it doesn't work for me. I just saw things I was writing getting more and more watered down. Yeah, I've known people who've kind of gone through that where they write like the spec show for whatever yeah. show they're trying to audition for, and. You know, then there's yeah. sort of all the politics around you're being in a writer's room. And yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, I, I did a show, um, one of the shows I did with Ben, a pilot, it was based on my family. So the characters were so specific because, like, I, I knew these characters. Um, yeah, this was before. This was before. Said, this yeah. was like, you know, five years ago or something. Um, and it went through the typical network, you know, punch up sessions and. And I just saw these characters getting just watered down and watered down and watered down and jokes being best joke wins. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, that person wouldn't say that joke. <laughs> it's like, well, it's a funny, it's a laugh line. So you, you put it in and it, it just didn't make sense to my brain. 
Yeah. I'd seen? rather sacrifice... Like, our show is not really joke-driven. I'd rather sacrifice a, 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 bunch of, a bunch of chuckles that you're never going to remember for let's not have laughs for a while and then have one really land. Yeah, you know? kind of earn it. Yeah, like, let, get invested in it. And, and you don't just have to feel happy watching a show. You could feel sad or conflicted or you, you don't have to know exactly what... I don't like hand-holding the audience too much. Like... It's okay to not know exactly what the character's thinking. Yeah. No, I think, moment. too, like shows like Larry Sanders or The <clears throat> Office, you know, they've always like experimented with that tone. Yeah. You know, where you're kind of going both sides. Like You can feel empathy for these characters in a more dramatic sense, but yet uh -huh. the laughs will kind of be earned. Yeah. Throughout. Yeah. Uh, and then also, too, kind of to wrap it up, I was just curious, you know, are you kind of developing lots of different things? I should moment? be. I should be. It's so funny because my neighbor... Do you neighbor, kind of have like a work schedule that you kind of put down for yourself? Or? I should. I really should. Um, my neighbor is a producer and he, he's on, um, he just went on hiatus like a week ago. And he's telling me all these things he's going to do during his hiatus and his projects. And I was like, oh shit, I've sort of been unemployed since January. <laughs> I don't think I've, I've cleaned the garage, um, cleaned my closet, but I haven't really done, I, I have nothing to show for it. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta have, I gotta do something. Did you ever find yourself like you had like a disciplined writing schedule or anything? Um, like you know, that, what's or? weird is, uh, and this is, uh, if I was listening to this, I'd be like, stop complaining, dude. But uh, because the second season got announced so yeah. early, I, I think I work better um, when I'm in a state of panic. So if I didn't know the second season was coming and I was truly panicked of like, they might not pick it up, what's going to happen? I feel like I would have been very productive. Almost like working overtime. Like I got like to I need new stuff. Yeah, like forward. I need my next thing because this is going to, you know, there's no way this is going to last. I need my next yeah. thing. But I think I got fat and lazy uh, because it was it, they announced this thing in January, in January, and I was like, "All right, well, like I, I got that." Oh, that's, so they announced the second they season pick up way before yeah. the show it aired. Oh yeah, wow. they announced it at it's the TCAs, rare. which was like wow. second week of January, which is great, and I, I it, it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing. I, I'm very <laughs> thankful. It's a mitzvah. It's wonderful. But, uh, yeah, I think looking back at it, I was like, well, that's why I wasn't driven to do anything. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the show airs when, every Wednesday night at 10 o'clock? Every Wednesday night at 10 o'clock, 9 Land. Central, TV Land. Um, a lot of people are like, where's TV Land? Do I have TV Land? I can't answer that question for everybody. I, you have to check your local provider. Yeah. But it is on TVLand.com, all demand, the episodes. So I found it originally. And on demand. <laughs> They say there's a TV Land app. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's also on iTunes. Um, but I guess supposedly you have to pay for it on iTunes. And you can get it for free at TVLand.com. So that's what they want me to sell. <laughs> sell TVLand.com. Definitely. TVLand.com. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank but, you very much. It's wonderful.